Hello and welcome to the Speak Female podcast, the podcast that is on a mission to empower, coach and educate women as well as allies around the world to become more confident, knowledgeable and to have the opportunity to listen to real subjects that they can either relate to or learn something from. Speak female as a term is defined by changing the meaning around words, phrases and stereotypes that tend to have a negative association towards women. Speak female is about how we can and will edit the narrative to build a value community with a goal to see justice in the world. I'm your host, Lucy Grimwade, and I wear many hats where I think and encourage others to think outside of the box. I'm an ICF qualified coach, senior IT improvement manager, and of course, audio and visual podcaster. For season three, I have introduced panel style conversations on topics such as leadership, confidence and menopause. This is alongside a couple of interviews with incredible women doing incredible things. Now let's speak female. Welcome back to the Speak Female podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about personal branding at work. I'm joined by Sally Inkster, who is a personal brand coach. Emma Weiner, voice coach and founder of Speaking at Work. I'm also joined by Lizzie Parsons, image consultant and personal stylist. And Charlotte Picker, director of business operations at Zencargo. She's also an advocate, mentor and sponsor of women in tech and digital. Welcome, ladies, to the Speak Female podcast, and I'm going to just dive straight in. What is a personal brand? And Sally, I'm going to come to you first on that one. What is a personal brand? Well, personal brand is you. There's a difference between a brand and branding. Brand is who and what you are. And I think it's, we all have one. And it's really what your reputation used to be when we lived in a small village or we worked in a small, a small office. Everybody knew your reputation. They knew about you. Now we work in a big, wide world and the internet. We have to have absolute clarity on who we are, what we stand for, how we help, so that other people looking at us can absolutely see that as well, so that your communication is spot on. It's who and what you are. I've just jotted that down. Um, Lizzie, I'll come to you next, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Sally. Um, I view it as um, your emotional appeal. So it's not what you think of yourself. It's what others think of you. Um, and so it's the total sum of how others experience you and this is really interesting because we know ourselves by our thoughts I'm going to steal a quote from James Clear of Atomic Habits now so this is his work not mine we (laughs) we know ourselves by our thoughts other people know us by our behaviors and actions and so how you think you're coming across can differ 
to how other people think you're coming across. Um, and not only that, because your personal brand is the total sum of the experience of working with you, you know, we're looking at everything from branding, messaging, communication. So branding within your logo, the way you talk, your messaging. So, you know, Emma will, you know, I'm sure be able to give you lots and lots of um, advice and knowledge on uh, tone of voice and um, behavior and language um, to what you wear. Richard Branson's a great example. You know, if you think of Richard Branson as a personal brand and Virgin as a brand, can you think of Virgin without thinking of Richard Branson or are the two interlinked? And he's never shown up in a suit <laughs> you know, looking very, very straight laced. He's an innovator. It's not part of his brand, but we trust him and we know that he's knowledgeable, but he hasn't had to show up in a suit to do mm. that. Yeah, thank you for that, Lizzie. And actually, I just jotted down here around how you are coming across both kind of, and then I put here about positive and negatively, because I don't know, um, I'll come to Emma than Charlotte next, but something that's kind of coming up for me is sometimes when I present or do something I think oh gosh I fluffed that up and then when I watch the recording back because I, I do a lot of presentations at work and now nowadays we record everything I watched it back and I thought oh no it was absolutely fine so you know now you've said that it's kind of made me think so Emma I'll come to you now what what is a personal brand well, when it comes to your voice and how you express yourself, so obviously that's, that's my area of expertise, um, your personal brand is your vocally, it's the outward expression of your innermost thoughts. So it's quite an intimate thing when we're talking because we are expressing ourselves, the whole of ourselves to the rest of the world. Now, that might be a meeting room, it might be a thousand people in an auditorium or one person in a corridor, but we are expressing what we think and, and outwardly. So your personal brand when it comes to your voice is, is that congruent? So who you are within that organization or who you are within your business, is your voice tone coming out in a way that's reflective of that? So say you've got a very kind of young brand, um, something quite innovative, and you're in a suit and you've got a very formal way of speaking, it's very incongruent. And we really don't want that. We want some congruency. We have to sort of, it has to make sense to our listeners. So for me, personal brand, uh, when it comes to the voice, is that does your vocal expression match what you stand for, what you believe in and what you think? And if it does, that's when it works brilliantly. And if it doesn't, then, then that's gonna, it's gonna make it much harder to kind of market yourself within that organization or within your community if you're a business owner. And Charlotte? Uh, I mean, I agree with everything all these fabulous ladies have just said. I think the only thing I would add to that is, I view it as it's the narrative you tell, but that's also combined with all your day-to-day -day interactions coming back to, to something we were talking about earlier, which is, you know, how others perceive you. And so combining those day-to-day -day interactions with how you deal with people and how they perceive that, plus the narrative you tell about who you are and the value you bring, that for me is what your personal brand is. Great. Honestly, thank you. Thank you so much for, for giving your definitions of a personal brand. And there's definitely a lot to take away from that. My next question really is around why is it important to have a personal brand? Lizzie? We all have one. You, you can't choose to have one. You either have one accidentally or you have one on purpose. You can't not have one. It's your emotional appeal. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sally? I absolutely agree with that, Lizzie. You, you do have one and it can happen by default if you don't take control. The best thing I always say to people is go on Google Incognito, put your name in and see what comes up. Because if you put your name into your own computer, your computer and Google know who you are and they give you things you like. When you go into incognito, it has no idea who you are. And oh my goodness, it can be quite enlightening. So yes, we have one. You have to take control of it. Emma? I think one of the things that makes it more important now, I think Sally sort of touched on this earlier, is that we, we live in a different kind of world. We used to have a very small world. You know, we, we worked in an organisation for years and years and years, decades, probably some people for their whole lives. So their reputations had time to build. We live in a much more transient world now. We move around much more quickly. So if you have an accidental personal brand, then, you know, you're not necessarily leveraging your, your potential. But I think it sort of, it goes even deeper than that. We used to have relatively transactional employment. So I would turn up from nine till 5.30 and you would pay me an amount of money. And that was it. I did my job and I went home. Now businesses have um, a much more either mission-driven or ideologically-driven contracts with their employees. So you join an organisation because you believe in what they're doing, not you happen to want to do that specific job. You believe in the mission. So your personal brand is going to help you get into organisations that you want to be part of, or it's going to keep you out. Um, so I think it's a really important process. You know, there's so much information coming at all of us all the time. We need to be able to filter very quickly. So if somebody's personal brand is beautifully congruent, we can very quickly kind of go, oh, yes, that all makes sense. Yes, I can align with what they're saying. If it's a bit of a mismatch, it's a lot more effort for us to sort of decipher whether that's a person that we want to align ourselves with whether that's a good person for our organization or this team and if it is it, it just it's much harder work work and we don't really want to be doing lots of extra work we've got so much else to filter so having a really strong personal brand makes you much more appealing to organizations and also you can align yourself much more quickly and clearly to an organization say yes me and that organization fit together so I think it's really important to have it clarified um, Charlotte, then Lizzie. I guess just to add to that, I think for me, a personal brand, why it's important is that it builds trust, it builds authenticity, and it builds confidence. And these are all things that, that you know, certainly when I'm as a hiring manager, I'm looking for in the person that I'm, I'm wanting to bring into the organisation. And I think it, it's that intentional approach to to be able to give that elevator pitch because essentially that that's what it is it's being able to get that information very quickly to make an informed decision actually this is somebody I want to work with whether it's working for or with in the same organization or whether it's partnering or whether it's somebody that I want to have speak at an event and I think the um having that connection and building that connection quickly with somebody that's really important Lizzie. I agree with everything that Charlotte and Emma said. Um, what I want to do is kind of take it right down and strip it back right back to basics, if that's OK. Yeah. When looking at developing a personal brand and being authentic, which can be a hugely scary thing for people to do, particularly if they've been in organisations, big corporations where authenticity isn't encouraged and people do feel like numbers, um, bullying can be rife in some big organisations. It's very hard to step out of the grey and the black clothing, 
step out of um, you know the group, put your head above the parapet and own a personal brand. So let's be really, really clear here. You have to be working on your personal values, not your business values, your personal values. Um, your personal values are the things that drive you, that are most important to you. And actually what you think about a personal value. So if I said to you, what are your five most important values to you? What's your, what drives you? What's important to you? What do you love in other people? What do you, what can you not tolerate in other people? But if I was to go and ask your mum, your friends, the people that work with you, what would they say their you they what they think your five values are? What did they get from you? And values work is one of, of is a really important piece of work that we can be very fuzzy about. And we use buzzwords. We're like, I want to be trustworthy, I want to be innovative, I want to be knowledgeable, without actually going, actually, what does that really mean to me? And if I had to say what was the most important, the most important to me, would it be those things? But actually, like for me, I've got two young boys. One of them you may have heard just a second ago. And I've got two young boys. They are my everything. They are what drives me. And even though they are nothing to do with what I do in my business, my business has to fit around them. So when I look at my key personal values, being a mama, being family oriented is so important. And the way I work is with kindness and inclusivity. And I'd love to give you other buzzwords, but they are probably my, 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 my two. Um, and so it has to come back to values. But let's not disregard the fact that to be authentic is brave and it is scary. And also, when you are using your personal brand from a business perspective, it's what do you show? What do you not show? Because you shouldn't be showing everything. You shouldn't. We don't need to see what roast dinner you had on Sunday. Do you know what I mean? So we have to make sure it's appropriate. So thank you, Lizzie, for that. And, I, and you know, knowing your values is, is I, I agree with you. It's so incredibly important, especially when you're kind of being your authentic self. And I guess my question that's kind of coming up for me here is around, like, where do you even start? Like, where do you even start with kind of, yeah, you're right, Lizzie, you said, and I said, why is it important to have a personal brand? You said, well, actually, we already have one. And all of you kind of agreed with that. So where do you even start to build up a stronger personal brand? And Sally, I'm going to come to you with that, that question first. Okay, well, when I came into this business, having been a stylist and was working with clients trying to help them understand their personal brand, it is learning about yourself because we've been ourselves for so long that actually we are not aware of how other people view us. So I came up with a system called my three PHs of personal brand. And my first PH is philosophy. And in philosophy becomes self-awareness. Self-awareness is two things. 
who you are inside. And the second one is how other people view you and how you understand that. And so in philosophy, I look at people's history, their skills, their talents, their strengths, their values, which absolutely I agree are 100% important, but also their why and their brand story. Where did they come from? Why have they ended up here? How have they ended up here? And yes, sometimes that can be based on a bit of trauma, but we don't have to share all that. But there's always a reason why you're where you are today because of what you've gone through. And we look at mindset. What is your mindset? What's your personality? What drives you? Why do you act like you act? So all that comes in philosophy of self-awareness of self and other people viewing you. Then secondly, I look at physicality. Now, physicality is absolutely you. So your style comes into that. Your colours, what your colours mean, what your colours are, are good on you. But also it comes down to your environment. You know, are you working in an area that you absolutely hate, doesn't work, makes you feel uncomfortable? You're never going to bring yourself over. But environment is people. Who do you share your life with? What's that environment about? But also my history is right at the beginning in cancer nursing. And so for me, health is huge because to me, personal brand is the energy that you bring to everything you do. And your energy is actually controlled by your health. So your health is very important. So that's all the physical things about you. And then my third pH is phenomenon. And that's phenomenon of whatever business or career you have. Because again, because of who we are, we have gone into that business, that career, running whatever business we're doing because of our sort of family tree. So I say to people, your career or your business is slightly separate. It isn't just you. It has little legs of its own. It's like having a sibling. And at times you love it. You understand it. You adore it. At times you hate it and you would rather never, ever see it again. <laughs> and so if you always imagine your business and career as a sibling, it has its own personality. It has its own values. It has its own reason for being. But those are sort of based on your family tree. It comes down and it comes from you, but it has a little life of its own. So with my clients, I put everything together. And those three pHs are a fantastic basis and foundation of your personal brand. I hope that made sense for you, Lucy. Yeah, loads there. Thank you so much. So keeping on the same question, where to start? Emma, do you mind if I come to you then, Lizzie? Sure. I, I mean, I'm going to pick up on Sally's first pH on self-awareness. Um, when it comes to speaking, speaking is a whole body thing <laughs> it's not something we do with our heads we tend to think it's sort of we think a thought it comes out of our mouth but actually we are always communicating with our whole body and if I draw in what Lizzie was saying about values I think one of a, a good place to start if you find this sort of the idea of this overwhelming a good place to start is bringing your self-awareness back to your body so whenever you're communicating does this feel easy or does this feel hard if it feels easy, the chances are that you're in an environment, you're in a space where your values, your personal values, your brand values are aligned with that organization or that business. That's great because then you can start to identify what those values are, what's similar between me and this particular organization. Equally, 
notice if it feels uncomfortable. Is it really effortful? Are you having to try and force yourself through this? Are you having trying to be more formal or more relaxed or more energetic than you naturally are? And if you sense that kind of like, oh, I've got to work myself up for this and oh, get myself through it. And oh God, I've, I've done it, brilliant, I sit down. If you're feeling like that, the chances are that your values are not aligned with this organization. Your personal brand isn't equivalent to this space. So I would really start to tune into the, the physicality of speaking. Is it feeling easy? Then great, you're in the right space and you're probably aligned. If it's feeling hard, you're probably not. And there's some definitely some work to do. Lizzie, I can see you smiling there. And I feel like you and I have had similar conversations to what Emma said there. Absolutely. I've literally written down values to correspond with the company. Um, Yes. You know, when I work with people and they say, I really don't like my job, you know, I'm having a really hard time. uh, And invariably, it's the people are not very kind. Um, I say, what's the company values? And usually we have to look them up because they don't know, uh, which is fine. Um, and they look them up and we talk about their personal values and they're like, yeah, actually these don't align. And I'm like, well, there you go. There's permission then for you to start putting wheels in motion to maybe start saying goodbye to this company because you're going to have that disconnect there if your values are not aligning. What I'd love to say as well is it it comes back to companies um, and what Emma uh, was saying beautifully. Um, And if you think years ago, when we were in tribes, centuries ago, we had a tribe of, let's say, 100 people. And so we had to, we got on and, and, you know, looked after and were looked after by 100 or so people. We now have social media where we're not trying to get acceptance from 100 people, we're trying to get acceptance from the whole Instagram community, the whole community on LinkedIn. And our brains just aren't wired for that. And how I want to bring this back to personal brand is the fact that your personal brand doesn't need to be for everybody. It doesn't, we're not looking at you being liked by everybody. What we're doing is we're making it easier for you to find your tribe. And so that the people that are your tribe go, that's my person. Because when your personal brand is singing, so, you know, your messaging, uh, you know, your story, like Sally was saying, I, you know, I love that about your story. You know, if we know your story and you sell, and we sell best through stories, um, you know, we're going to say, this person is for me. This person is my person. And, um, and yeah, you know, you're not looking at being for everybody. You're looking at being for a few. Lizzie, absolutely love what you just said. You don't need to be for everybody. And I think if anyone takes anything from this podcast, which I doubt it because you know there's so much here that we're talking about but one thing there is you know you don't need to be for everybody I wish I knew that when I was a kid right Charlotte over to you just kind of want to uh, pull on some of the things that Lizzie just said which is linked to something that's quite quite close to my heart that I'm quite passionate about which is around having an internal sponsor and I think 
being able to attract an internal sponsor and attract the right internal sponsor to Lizzie's exact point that she made is really important that you have a really strong personal brand because the way that you attract uh, an informal sponsor, basically to somebody who's going to advocate and defend for you when you're not in the proverbial room, is based on having similar values and that your values are not going to match to everybody. So it's about building that, for me, it's about building that personal brand that attributes the values you want want to attract in a sponsor and that they can see, actually, I can stand behind that person and say, oh, uh, Charlotte's not here, but actually she would be great at doing that and advocate or, like I say, defend. And one of the things I'd, I'd like to kind of just add to that from having an internal sponsor, Payscale did this great uh, survey a couple of years back, which says that anybody that has an internal sponsor has 11.6% higher pay than those people that don't. And that, for me, again, links back to having that really strong personal brand. Wow. What was that, 116 Yeah. Wow. I won't tell you the difference between the men and the women, but in general, <laughs> 11.6% more. And that, that's a great example of finding your tribe can help you be more successful. Exactly. Personal brand allows you to be proud of who you are. And when you discover who you are very early on, you realise you're absolutely unique. And if you are unique, then you are going to stand out. But if you understand who you are, you're also proud of it. So if you're proud, unique, you stand out of a crowd and you attract your tribe. I love that. I love the whole thing around tribe. Want to ask a question now around where have you seen, and I think that we probably all have a story of where perhaps a personal brand, you know, you've been working on your personal brand, but it's gone wrong. Does anyone have any kind of stories around where you've kind of seen seen something go wrong and I I'll, I'll kind of kick us off because there's somebody who I follow and, and don't if don't have to name any names but there's somebody who I follow and she talks about a certain subject the next thing I know you know it was a bit like what Lizzie was saying you don't need to kind of photograph your roast dinner they have on a Sunday the next thing I saw that she was posting stuff and, it, and I disengaged because she wasn't consistent anymore and that's what I mean around where it goes wrong and I'm saying that in air quotes what's your view on that Lizzie uh, Emma, uh, Lizzie then Emma, sorry. <laughs> um, I, I think it can be really tricky to know because I think some industries have more scope um, and some people have more scope with um, how they can flex into different areas and share parts of their personal life. Um, I think you have to look at your goals, to be honest. What do you want other people to get from you? what's your goal you know are you looking for engagement you know how are you telling your stories to get to your goals um and to be and to be known for what you want to be known for I think if you don't know what you want to be known for how you want others to feel about you and what your goals are it's then very very difficult to then say I know what content I'm putting out there I would say as an entrepreneur, if you're very, very new to entrepreneur um, entrepreneurship, what happens is it is, I'm going to be frank here, it is a case of slinging mud at the wall, seeing what sticks and checking your insights and then going with your insights. Try lots of different things, 
with those things in mind, but try lots of different things because you may try something and put out some content that you didn't necessarily think was going to relate to your audience and actually they've loved it. So it, it can be tricky. It, it's, a hard, it's a hard thing to know. Yeah, Emma. Yeah, I think I, it is It is a little bit hard. And I think I think one of the things people need to think about is if you are an entrepreneur, um, there's a big difference between evolution and manufactured reality. So, you know, if you start off manufacturing your reality and you have a kind of shiny personality and this is all perfect, that is exhausting. It's exhausting mentally, it's exhausting physically, it's exhausting vocally because you're not being authentic. And we've, we've talked about authenticity a lot, I know, but you know, if you have this manufactured reality, then it's gonna be unsustainable. So I think it's really important that you, you understand as an entrepreneur, you can evolve. You don't, just because you are as you are now, it doesn't mean you're always gonna to have to be that way. You know, I'm much more sophisticated as an individual. My messages are much more sophisticated now than when I started off, far more nuanced, far more, niched so it's okay to evolve as long as it's authentically evolving and I agree with you Lizzie I think there's a there's a big difference between being credible and being vulnerable and if you're a woman this is even higher so you've got to be so careful about doing the vulnerable piece if you haven't already built up credibility you've got to have a lot in the bank haven't you credible wise you do you do and actually it's something I've noticed if you have a huge following it's very easy to then go oh guess what I suffer from x y and z if you've got less than a thousand followers and you go and guess what I've got this thing people can go "Mm," you know unfollow 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 Uh, because you just haven't built the credibility unfortunately even if you are hugely talented at what you do I completely agree. And it's sad that that's the case. I think it's sad. Mm. Charlotte? Where I've seen it go sort of wrong from a working in a business as opposed to being an entrepreneur uh, is people can often get pigeonholed and always be that person. Go, oh, Charlotte, she's reliable. She'll do that for us. Or giving those opportunities that are not what I call ex- exposure opportunities. The ones where your manager says, that's a this is a great opportunity for you and usually everyone knows that when the word opportunity is used it's not really an opportunity and I think that's where I've seen it go wrong where people think oh yes I perceive that person to be reliable or they always put their hand up so they'll do it and then it's they're constantly pigeonholed and that can be quite tiring and very unrewarding for some people that's where I've seen it go wrong sometimes fantastic point there Charlotte um I've been there done that got a pigeonhole t-shirt you know oh yeah Lucy's super friendly and helpful should do that oh yeah Lucy can organize that then you miss opportunities especially like kind of going back to Lizzie's point as well around the kind of values and the company especially if those companies don't match your values they don't respect you who you are you know to Emma's point around being authentic if they don't respect your authentic self um yeah really can resonate with that and I hope the listeners can as well Sally I think it can go wrong when people don't do the groundwork on themselves, because if you don't know who you are, how do you know that what you're doing is not going to go down well? Because you haven't done that first blocks of really understanding. And again, I I think Lizzie was saying it's got to be goal orientated, especially if you go, okay, I want to go here. And because I want to go here, 
I need to show this, this, this about my personality um, and not just do my skulls, uh, skills, because I think we often get pigeonholed because we're good at something. Being good at something does not mean it's a talent or a strength or fits in with your values. Because I'm sure Lucy can tell you a hundred things that she is fantastically good at, but they don't give her pleasure. They don't lift her energy. And actually it's not there inside her, but everybody says, oh, you're just really good at it, carry on. So I think groundwork is incredibly important. Yeah, I've just jotted that down, groundwork, Lizzie. And to, um, to follow on from Sally's point, um, which I was nodding furiously at, because I completely agree with all of that. Um, there, again, James Clear from Atomic Habits, he talks about, let's say you've got 600 metre runners about to run a race. They all have the same goal. They want to win the race. You don't fall by your goal. You fall by the processes you've got in place. So basically when it comes to putting your personal brand out there, it's about once you've dug down and done the work, you then have to put the processes in place to communicate that and communicate your personal brand. We don't fall by our goal. If you think of all those 100 meter sprinters, they all wanna win the gold and get first place. It's not the goal that's the issue. It's the processes and the systems that they have in place to get there. Um, and it has to be a case of knowing what you're looking for and then putting the processes in place to be successful. Emma? Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that's coming out here, I think if we draw on all of those ideas, is that actually once you've done that groundwork and you are given those opportunities, you've got to have a boundary. And if you know yourself, you know what you stand for, you have a boundary. So you can take on those opportunities and say, yes, okay, I will do this. I will take the notes for this meeting, but I would like to present the results back at the, the next uh, senior uh, leadership team meeting. Or I will do this, but in order for me to do that, I'm going to need access to so-and-so. Or I'm going to, so you're always leveraging it. And if you've got a strong personal brand, if you're really kind of together and congruent, you'll be able to do that with relative ease. But it's, it's very important that you have those boundaries. Otherwise, if you don't have those boundaries and you're feeling a bit put upon, the chances are you haven't done that groundwork that Sally's talking about. You don't have that congruent personal brand. You aren't able to advocate vocally for yourself. So I think really thinking about saying, okay, this is this is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I'd like in response to that is, a, is an important part of establishing that, uh, that personal brand. Yeah, I've got here boundaries, leveraging opportunities, and they've also jotted down that you don't fall by the goal, but you fall by the processes and the systems. Mm. And that's mm. definitely something I'm going to go and take in with my corporate career. So <laughs> thanks for that, Lizzie. <laughs> Charlotte. To add on this is, for me, it's really important that you embrace your network. Where people often fall down with their personal brand is that they're not embracing their network. And when you think about how many people get offered jobs, for example, through their network, I think there's a figure that's sort of circa 85% of jobs are via network, which is huge. And I think that's another place where you can do all the groundwork that, that Sally and Emma and Lizzie have talked about. But if you don't go out and embrace that and go and meet people and broaden your horizons, then you're limiting your own personal brand by not doing that. Yeah, I've just noted that down. Embrace your network, Emma. 
Yeah, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that women are very good at networking sideways and down. We're really good at that because we work collaboratively. We want to, you know, reach across departments and we want to work with those people below us. We're not as good as men at doing that up down. So we don't go up the chain of command. And so, you know, drawing on what Charlotte's saying, we're not leveraging those those people above us. And actually that's where our sponsor is going to be. That's where our advocate is going to be. And that's where the opportunities are. So it's not just the wide, it's the up that we need to do as well. Yeah, Lizzie, I, your face, when, when Emma said that, you, you were like, oh, around it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think there's like layers here, isn't there? And I think it's being honest with yourself uh, uh, and being vulnerable and being authentic and then taking that out and being confident, authentic and vulnerable. And if you're that, you can then go and network successfully. You can get your sponsor, um, like like Charlotte says, Um and and yeah it, it's you know it's a complex thing and it's a constant it's a constant growth thing uh, like Emma said you know it's I don't think this is oh I know my values and um I know where I want to go and I know my goals and I'm done um it, it's it's a journey it it's not something you can say it you know you can say oh I've ticked that off the list okay I'm done right I've got my values I've got my personal brand got my goals I'm sorted with my image I've gone to a network meeting it's something that I I like Emma said it evolves uh, your personal brand is going to evolve and you've got to let it evolve with you um, and always be working on it and know that you're going to hit a confidence crisis know that personal values you might start off with a list like this and then you have to whittle it down ask your network ask the people you work with what they get from you what's your emotional appeal what do they think your superpower is um and then you can go out there and feel a bit more confident knowing that you're pulling on the strengths that you have and that other people see in you i just um that's sally go on I was just going to say with the values, I mean, there are hundreds and thousands of values that you can have. When people identify three really strong ones, they're very often our cultural ones, the ones <clears throat> that we, we've always had. I think we can also have values that change their priority at various times, depending where we're working, who we're working with, whether we're bringing children up, whatever we're doing. So I think you can have a few values, but life gets very difficult if you try and pigeon yourself into those are my values and I, I can't go any further um, because some values we're fine we just need them for ourselves that's okay we can have that value other values if we have it we need the other person to have it as well because if it's not an interchangeable value like honesty you know if you're honest most of the time you expect other people to be honest otherwise you can't be best friends with them if they lie to you all the time and you're always honest so that won't work so sometimes we have values that have to be interchangeable but um values are great but also we have to be aware that they can change given circumstances or at least prioritized differently values can be interchangeable um yeah they can um so you can have five but sometimes one will be at the top and that will be more important to you at that particular time in your life so before we wrap up there's a couple of things I want us to cover but first of all I'm going to and I've just been inspired via Emma and Lizzie there around 
cha- I'm giving everyone a challenge that's listening to this podcast that for you to leverage your network and whether you're an entrepreneur or you work in an organization, I want you to ping a note, whether it's on LinkedIn or via email to someone who is, I don't know, if you're an entrepreneur, send Oprah an, an email, you know, just reach out to her, man. Or if you're in the organization, contact your director, you know, contact your head of department, contact the CEO and just say, hey, do you know what? I really like that you've been doing this recently. Do you fancy a virtual coffee? That is my challenge for everybody. Um, and that's, you know, just because of what, 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 especially what Emma, Charlotte and Lizzie, you guys have been saying there. That's my challenge for everyone. So there's one more question I want to ask. And then I want to end with a toolbox. Just super quickly around the room, who do you think has the best personal brand? And Lizzie, you already mentioned Russell Brand. Richard Brand. Richard Brand. Brand. Russell Brand has oh a good one as yeah, well. Oh he does. He does. Very authentic. Yeah. Um, you know, what you see is what you get. I think Richard Branson is great because I think as well as a maverick, he, you know, he was doing business when traditional corporate dress and traditional business was very much the norm and he did it a different way um, as an innovator so I think he's really good um, I'm going to think of a female as well so come back to me yeah I will do um Emma I'll come to you next yeah sure uh, for me it's two women um neither of them technically uh, run, a, run a business but Michelle Obama and Jacinda Ardern I would choose them because they are they both have an incredible grace about them. They can talk to anybody. They can, they never make anybody feel small. They never make anyone feel stupid, that they don't have anything of value to offer. They are incredible communicators, both of them. So for me, the way that they hold themselves in, they take up space vocally, physically, but they never diminish anybody else's space. For me, those that's an incredibly congruent personal brand. So Jacinda and Michelle for me please oh love Michelle literally I pinged her on Instagram and asked if she'd come onto the podcast (laughs) she didn't read it and obviously she didn't reply but you never know one day she might go back through her dms and be like oh who's this lucy <laughs> she, she does come to the uk she she came she went to a school that i used to teach at. i used to uh, do some voice work for the with the girls there, and she actually came to that school in in hackney in north london so you oh, never know you just never know uh <laughs> sally i'll come to you next okay i think someone who's done it incredibly well is kate middleton i think she has her poise her look her compassion, I think she's absolutely nailed it. And I'm sure she's had ever such a lot of help, but I think her authenticity has come out. Another personal brand that I think has been used very well, I'm not saying it's good, I'm just saying it's been used very well, is the Beckhams. The Beckhams have managed to put a footballer and a singer together. They have put modeling down their personal brand. They have put their children down personal brand. They have put underwear down their personal brand. They have put skirts for men down their personal brand. It has all come together. They've never actually changed from who they were. They have just grown their personal brand and then used it very, very efficiently to put new businesses down it. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah, that's a really good point. And in my head, when you were saying about the Beckhams, I was thinking about the Kardashians as well, as much mm-hmm. as I, I don't, um, if it's okay to say, admire. I'm saying, yeah, I don't admire what they do, but their brand, you know, they're billionaires. 
yeah. with their brand now. And also if you influence, so if you inspire, you influence and then you sell. So if you inspire, you influence, then you sell. Yeah, definitely have seen that. Um, Charlotte, can, can I come to you? Whose personal brand do you think is the best? and it was going to be unpopular Kim Kardashian West mm. even though she is not somebody that inspires me in any way shape or form her brand extends so far I think the other uh people I was going to mention because I couldn't not mention this person Lucy Beyonce uh because I know you're a big fan girl uh, but but you know any I think any of these sort of celebrities that have these kind of like one named brands Beyonce Lizzo Oprah Madonna Cher like strong strong brands where people just go by their first name I think you know a lot of them have got this this culture that sort of sits behind them um and maybe then another slightly less popular one uh Elon Musk don't particularly like him but he has got a very strong personal brand and he's really trying to bring technology to the fore and everything he does so yeah and I, I thought I was on mute while I was in my moment of going, yes, and snapping my fingers with Beyonce <laughs> and Lizzo and Rihanna and Oprah. Like, they're all the people that I would say. So, you know, everyone knows me far too well to know who I think has a great personal rant. And Lizzie, we're going to come back to you with your female. Well, I've got a few. So Bobby Brown. So Bobby Brown in the 80s was the first cosmetics brand to do natural looking lipsticks when everybody was wearing, you know, pinks and reds. And she was the first person to say, actually, I'd like a natural lipstick. So, you know, she built that and she's very natural. If you look at her as a makeup artist, she's very pared back. She wears very, very limited makeup and she's built a a makeup conglomerate on the natural beauty look. Um, Staying in the same industry, Anita Roddick of the body shop, you know, environmentalist, keep it very natural. You know, you always knew what she stood for and she was hugely successful. Greta Thunberg, she's very young, but you know, she is aligned with her values and, you know, because she's so value led, she's gone on to be hugely successful. Uh, Angela Merkel, currently the German Chancellor, but they're having their elections tonight, is it today? So she won't be for much longer. So she's been there for 16 years. But, you know, she's always dressed to who she is. She's a very intelligent woman. She stands out for the right reasons instead of blending in for the wrong reasons. Very little column inches have ever been taken up on the fact of what she's wearing, because even though she sticks to her personal style, she's never wearing anything that you go, I'd rather focus on her jazzy socks or the fact that there's lipstick on her teeth rather than her message. Her message always comes across beautifully. And if you don't know this person, I'm going to go back to a man, go look him up because he's amazing Stephen Bartlett, he's about 27, podcast, Diary of a CEO. He is fantastic. He's the new dragon on Dragon's Den. And if you want to see a 20-something doing personal branding in an amazing way, he's definitely someone to look up. He doesn't wear a suit. He hasn't gone on Dragon's Den and wore a suit. All of these people have great personal brands. 
love, 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 love Stephen, who just said, because um, I saw that he was going to be on Dragon's Den and I started to follow him and connect to him on LinkedIn. Because you never know, right? This, yeah, this is no, what, I do. He's brilliant. This is what I always do. Um, and also when you were just talking about the beauty industry, I also thought about Pat McGrath. Um, hopefully I'm yeah. saying her surname yeah, correctly. That's right. yeah. I love everything that she stands for and I love her lipsticks and mm. when they have the little lips, you know, all of that. And I just mm. think that it's always kind of sparkly and, you know, kind of a bit of a Dayton moody look. And beautiful. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, gorgeous. So they're... Oh, so many great people with personal brands there. Check out the show notes because I will be adding the names on there and some links to people's brands as well. So you can check them out and, you know, help with that grounding work that you're going to do. And finally, how I would like to end this podcast today, and I've been doing this with all of the, the kind of group sessions that I've been doing, is kind of ending with a toolbox on how you can start doing something in the subject. For this one, obviously, it's personal brand. So my question really is, and I'm going to go round the virtual room and ask you around you know if we're going to build out a toolbox people we've kind of already talked about people who we can check out any resources like books or podcasts or just even like an activity that you that our listeners can go away today and just crack on with to start kind of leveraging and empowering their personal brand who would like to start yeah we go to lizzie then we go to sally so i'd say be honest about your strengths and weaknesses um, and get clear on what you're passionate about. Get clear on what you like in other people and what traits you don't like in other people because they'll usually be the um, some of the values that you hold very dear to you. So, you know, if you don't like somebody that is dishonest, for example, or if people aren't as kind as you'd like, you may actually find that kindness and honesty are really core to who you are. And anything that you love and you don't love in other people can usually help you reflect on what's important to you. It's a great way to do it. I've got be honest, be clear, and also to kind of look into the other people as well, because those values may not align with yours yeah be inquisitive yeah be inquisitive about who you are and because a lot of times you know people will go I don't really know who I am now I don't really know what I stand for now so you know start looking into that and start working out who you feel you are who you'd like to be and what's important to you thank you Lizzie Sally I would say ask three colleagues three family members and three friends to say in three words how they sum you up. So when you ask colleagues, they will look at you from a work orientation because that's how they know you. Family will see you very differently and friends will be kind. Family will be a bit obtrusive. So they may say, oh, you're a great cook. That's great. But so take, I'm a great cook. What does that mean? Is it that I like the process? Is it that I like creativity and I just took everything in? Is it that I like really following a recipe to the T? Or is it because I just take time or is it because I put love into it? So you have to, when they give you their answers, look at them a bit deeper. But you will then have nine people with three different words each. And from there, you will pick up how you are seen and see whether it matches with how you feel you are. 
Yeah, really like that. And I think that's the second action for everyone to take away here <laughs> on the podcast today. Yeah. Um, but also, can I add something to it as well? Of course you can. Ask the colleagues who perhaps aren't your favourites, who perhaps will get, give you, because I think sometimes at work, we always tend to go, oh, hey, I know that you really like me. So can you give me some feedback? Because I know it's going to like smash, <laughs> smash my objectives out the park. But be brave. And be courageous and ask, even ask some of those kind of friends who perhaps are, you know, more acquaintances as well, because, you know, just be like super honest, I'm not going to be offended by anything that you say, just so you can get like that real view to kind of then go and do that ground, groundwork to what um, Lizzie was saying. And caveat that as well to make yourself feel better. Um, what I want people to get away, uh, take away from this is remember everybody's point of view is just a point of view. It's not a fact about who you are and you will be filtered through their experiences and how they view the world and how they view others. So take it and, and look at it, but know what to let go. Yeah, don't don't take it overly personally. Their opinion, their yeah. opinion, and also I would say about my—I don't know about anybody else's family, but my family are super honest. Like <laughs> I would probably hear something more negative. Like my husband would be like, "Well, you know, you can be a bit whatever. I don't know, you yeah. can be a bit grumpy, you know." <laughs> So and my mum would be like, oh, my, you know, say my mum swears, so she'd probably use a swear word. So, you know, it is it is all filtered <laughs> through that person as well as what they know of you. So. Yeah, completely resonate with but that. Very asked, useful at the same time. Very useful. Yeah, completely resonate with that. I know if I ask my partner here, just be like, you're so messy. <laughs> you're yeah, a messy person. Yeah. <laughs> you're so me- yeah, I, I would hear, you're very disorganised. Like, oh, <laughs> And on the flip side, my colleagues yeah. would say how organised I am. Yeah, yeah. So that there's the thing, and so it really it's such a powerful, useful exercise. But know when to just breathe through it and take it with a pinch of salt as well. Thank you, Charlotte. I would say three things: have a focus, be consistent, and live your brand. Those would be the three things I, I would like to leave people with. Um, in terms of uh, any resource, and Lucy, you'll have heard me talk about this book many times because there's also a podcast associated to it. But I read a book that I feel changed my life a bit, which is called The Squiggly Career by uh, Sarah Ellis and Helen Tupper. They also have an incredible podcast called Amazing If, and there's some stuff in, in their resource pool that absolutely would help with developing a great personal brand. Yeah, and I'll add that to the show notes as well so people can have access to it. Obviously, it'd be their second favourite podcast because it'd be females as their first favourite one. (laughs) (laughs) And Emma? Um, I'm going to encourage everybody to to take this a little bit further because I feel like personal brand is the basis of your thought leadership. Now, if you want to leverage your personal brand, you have to have something to say. So I'm going to challenge your listeners to go write an inspirational speech. They can write about anything they like, whatever, like the thing that if it's, you've got a soapbox, you can stand on your soapbox, you've got five minutes, you can talk about whatever you like, go write that speech. Because if you write that speech, that's going to give you huge amounts of insight into what you care about. It will give you huge insight into the values that you hold. And it's kind of liberating just to be able to give yourself permission to go, I can say what I like. I'm going to inspire 
whoever your audience might be, for five minutes and I'm going to tell them about this thing that I think is so important and then just write it and do it. If even if it's in your bedroom, even if you have to take a walk on the beach and, and say it to the seagulls, it doesn't matter. But actually expressing that will give you a huge amount of freedom and a lot of information as well. I absolutely love that. I'm going to do that too. I'm going to commit that to you and you can keep me accountable by checking in with me in a week's time to make sure I've done it. So, um, uh, Lizzie. What I would say as well is that three things might might be something that you end up incorporating. So, for example, my business is fashion and style, but it's also looking at sustainability um, and it's also community. You know, community is something that happened completely by accident. And, and you know, you know some of the ladies that I that I work with. Um, and so community has happened by accident. But know that your business or how you come across will have different facets to it. It's not just one thing. And my worry is that people will take away one thing rather than it being a few things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Really yeah. great. Thank you. And I think I'm going to add a couple to the mix as well. Um, there is a lady called QB Springer and she, um, her business name is She Builds Brands. I actually interviewed her for season two. So I'll add her interview on here. She's also got a book, I Am My Brand, which um, is very good. And I've gone through it loads of times and highlighted stuff. And it's helped me both with my corporate career as well as my business. Um I'm also going to point you in the direction of uh, the women, uh, women in tech. I think, I don't know. I think there's a, it's a profile that you can all see and I'll put it on the, I'll link it into the show notes as well. I did a, um, a presentation. I'm kind of, you know, promoting myself here slightly. Um, uh, I, 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 there. Thank you very much, Charlotte, around how you can build your personal brand. And I called it AA's personal brand. Go and check it out. And also I'm going to put all of the lovely guests contact details on, on our, um, on the show notes as well. So please do reach out to these wonderful, incredible, inspiring ladies and once again thank you so much for joining me on speak female and thank you for the empowering enriching and educating content for today have a great day thank you for tuning in to the speak female podcast i've been your host lucy grimwood check out the show notes where you will find contact details for the panelists that have been on this episode today Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share across your networks. The more people we can reach, the better. And I will leave you with this. Be curious, be kind, and be the change you want to see in the world. Speak female soon.